Hello, and welcome to the show where we cast our favourite books into film. I'm Flo. I'm Rachel. And I'm Roxanne. And this is Typecast, brought to you by Rare Birds Book Club. This week, we're recasting The Princess Diaries by Meg Cabot. Very excited. These books are a big part of my teenage years and I think they really hold up and it's been such a pleasure revisiting. I felt like I was 15 years old reading them. Yeah, like, I'd never I, come I, I really either. felt like a teenager again. Like, I don't think I missed out having read it as you know into my 30s versus being a teenager because it's still so funny and it just yeah made me remember how ridiculous it is. To I, would, I would have absolutely loved this as a teenager. <laughs> I would have loved it. So most listeners will probably know The Princess Diaries from the Disney film starring Anne Hathaway, which I think we will go on to discuss. Also excellent. (laughs) (laughs) But it's a very different entity from the book. So a little bit of background. Um, Meg Cabot has written over 80 books. That is insane. (laughs) That is insane. Um, mostly for children and young adults. She's Sit down, Meg Cabot, <laughs> and take a rest. Just have a cup Just of have tea. a nap. <laughs> <laughs> and she's sold over 25 million copies of her works in about 30 countries around the world. So she's very, very prolific. I heard her describing herself as an egg layer rather than an egg polisher. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you'd have to if you've written over 80 yeah, books. Yeah. You can't, there's no polishing. But, you know, she they come out pretty polished yeah, I guess. yeah 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 so this is the, the first book in the series there are now 11 books but we're just going to talk about one today mia thermopolis is a 14 year old new yorker with some very 14 year old problems she's flunking algebra her mum is dating her teacher her crush doesn't even know she exists and on top of all that she's still waiting for her boobs to grow if there's one thing that makes this otherwise ordinary teenager a little unusual, it's her dad, Philippe, who comes from very wealthy stock in the tiny European country of Genovia and occasionally pops up to take Mia to a Broadway show and help artist mum Helen pay the bills. One day, Philippe arrives with some troubling news. He's recently become infertile after a short battle with testicular cancer, leaving Mia as his only heir. Why is this a problem, we ask? Well, Philippe has another revelation. He's not just rich, he's actually Prince of Genovia. Overnight, Mia becomes Princess Emilia, Mignonette, Grimaldi, Thermopolis, Ronaldo, heir to the Genovian throne, which means a makeover, a bodyguard following her around school, and, oh yes, princess lessons from her formidable chain-smoking grand mare. When the story hits the papers, Mia falls out with her anti-establishment bestie, Lily, and for the first time in her life attracts the attention of the popular crew, including her crush, Josh Richter. As a big school dance draws near, Mia has to work out whether Josh is just attracted by her princess status, why it is that she can't stop thinking about Lily's smart aleck older brother Michael and whether she's really cut out for this princess life after all. It just captures what it feels like to be 14. She just gets the voice so well. She just nails it, doesn't she? I, something I also actually really liked about this book's diary format, which sometimes bothers me in other books, is that she actually explicitly makes reference to the fact that she's writing a diary. Like the book yeah. opens and she says, my mum gave me this diary because she thinks I'm not like being honest about my feelings and then she references the fact as the book goes on that she's starting to carry this diary everywhere and she's writing things down as they happen even just down to like the stupid notes and the references that you don't need to get that's the lovely detail isn't it is that she 
writes down her homework and she writes out these little algebra puzzles and stuff and it just makes you feel like it sort of adds to the verisimilitude this idea that she really is just carrying this around everywhere and using it as a notebook as well as a diary there's this bit in the book which you know it's 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 referenced a few times but lily moskowitz one of my favorite things that she does is she taunts this this dirty old man foot fetishes well the foot fetishes isn't the problem it's the fact that he's like a 50 year old man (laughs) having on a 14 year old girl and so she taunts him with like her feet and it's just it's so well there's that sort of i mean horrible but very real detail that like so lily has her own show that she tapes and and mia says comments that people will watch it men will watch it and and then call up and tell lily how ugly she is but ask her to lift up her shirt and show them her boobs and it's like they they don't care like lily doesn't care but it's like that's such a horribly dark and real and sort of weirdly funny little detail about their lives yeah well that's that's why meg cabot's so good because she really encapsulates all of this darker nature of just people in general but it's she never takes away the power of Mia or Lily at any point that was actually one of the most kind of the biggest surprises for me as I read it because I love the Disney movies I watched those as a teenager and loved them and didn't read the book until literally this week and they were you know we talk a little bit about how they're so different but it's like one of the things that is different is that the book has a lot of bite that the the Disney film completely sanitizes out well I think it's like you know she's growing up in New York like she she has she sort of slightly has to be immune to this world that is a bit threatening and crazy and Mm -hmm. dark at times and you get the sense that it is sort of water of a duck's back to a certain extent with me you know she's kind of seen it she's heard it all before yeah she's a kid but she's kind of just like oh yeah this is just the city I live in these are the weirdos that surround me but then also she has that element of total naivety too that that mixture of being streetwise but also being really really naive and I like that because I feel like teenagers are a bit like that teenagers are so smart they're so yeah. much smarter than adults but they're also so naive at the same yeah. time and there's that really nice mix that she gets just perfect I actually did in- intend to spend most of the podcast discussing Michael Moskowitz <laughs> oh, he's barely come so up hot. so I just, you he's know. A, he's a lot hotter in the book than he is in the He's films. so hot. I can't talk about, I can't express my disappointment with the Michael Moskowitz <laughs> of the film. I tried so hard to fancy him and it just wouldn't take. It wouldn't take because he, Michael is so hot in the book and in the film, he's just a kind of drippy indie guy. Well, he's bare. The thing is, is he's barely in the film. Yeah. he's He is so much in the shadow of the film of the film that you barely really have a chance to kind of like him in the way that you do in the book. Yeah, the film centers her story and her makeover more than the sort of growing realization that, oh, someone does like her for who she is, you know. Um, But yeah, Michael is hot. And she makes reference frequently to his (laughs) hot body. He just looks good without a shirt on. He's got very well-defined muscles. And what I find hilarious is she has this gap of understanding between seeing this hot guy and his body and thinking, oh, that's nice, but not realising that she likes it, which is 
And also, the, she has a huge gap of understanding in seeing that he likes her. Yeah. Like, she just can't put that final, <laughs> final piece together. It's like he almost asked her out so many times. He's so nice to her. Like, he clearly likes her. Lily openly ribs him for it a few times. Yeah. love that when and Lily's she, like, he was sexually harassing you and you didn't notice. And she was like, and she was like, oh, so stupid. And she writes in her diary, like, must notice when someone's sexually harassing me. And now, <laughs> And never once stops to be like, maybe her older, dishy older brother, who I weirdly find cute, likes me too. I know. I know. It's just, I also like the bit where he is so close to asking her out when he's tutoring her in math. I mean, for God's sake, he's tutoring her in math already. That's like... The language of love. Yeah. <laughs> and, then, and then he's about to be like, hey, what are you doing on Saturday? And then she runs off when the bell goes because he's like, he's obviously going to make me do more math. So work. <laughs> conclusion michael moskowitz is hot super yeah. hot one of the other things i like about this book is is all the pop culture references which Party for a book five. that is now you know 20 years old could have been alienating but i think because it's all the stuff that i grew up yeah. with as a teenager <laughs> buffy you know star trek next generation party of as five. you say party of five that bit is so funny that is so funny when she's, she's pulling a jennifer I, love you i didn't mean to go all party of five on it <laughs> 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 The perfect description. It just adds to the rich, richness of the world and of the character and it just makes her feel so much like a real person. And then all the little lists that she keeps, like Rachel's you were saying earlier, that list of hot guys. Yes. <laughs> it actually it was very eerie because um, Mia's tastes are very similar to mine. She was like, oh, Timothy Dalton is the only hot Bond. I was like, yes. Yeah. Um, she's always going on about Star Trek. I love Star Trek as a kid. Okay, And so- then... So well, do you want the do you want the list? Yeah. So the, here's the definitive <laughs> list: Lily Moskovitz's list of hottest guys. Number one, Josh Richter, who is the hottie in the book. Then number two, Boris Polkowski. 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 He's also in the book. He's sort of Lily's boyfriend-ish love, love interest by the end of it. Then we have Pierce Brosnan, best James Bond ever, to which Mia disagrees. She believes Timothy Dalton. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that is right. That's correct. Then we have Daniel Day-Lewis in The Last of the Mohicans. <laughs> I mean, Prince be- Harry of England. Leonardo in Titanic, to which she writes, as if that was so 1998. <laughs> <laughs> then Mr. Wheaton, the crew coach. That guy in that jeans ad on that giant billboard in Times Square. I think that might be I, Travis Fimmel. Yeah, I feel um, like I know who that is. Yeah. Oh the, this one really spoke to me. Dr. Quinn, medicine woman's boyfriend. <laughs> Whatever happened to him, he was so hot. Sully was so hot. And then Joshua Bell, the violinist. Should we talk about the film? Let's talk about the film. <laughs> yes. Absolutely. It's just, it's so different. It's, it's so It's different. very, very different. And Even just setting it in San Francisco rather than New York, I was so surprised. Yeah. yeah, such a different vibe, different tone. Yeah. yeah, I think I think the biggest difference that we can probably agree on is um, Julie Andrews is the very prim and proper grandmother versus the very yes. glamorous and terrifying grandmare mm-hmm. who like is a chain smoker. You but know, she's just constantly criticizing Mia as well and calling her like poulet and things like that, <laughs> which apparently means prostitute. The Princess Diaries just really got the Disney treatment. You know, they even sort of changed the dynamic of her becoming the heir because in the film, 
she's Mia's always going to be the heir. She's just not going to find out till she's 16. And her mom is in on this. It was always sort of planned and they, they were together and they loved each other very much, but he had to go back and run Genovia. (laughs) And then her grandmother has come to help her assume her birthright. And it is a little bit twee in that sense. Like it's just very sort of rosy. Whereas in the book, it's very much like Mia's mom and dad were together in college. They had this baby. They were never intended to be together. They don't have a great relationship. He's like, a top shagger he's you know what i mean he's like oh no worries i'm gonna have an heir she's not my heir she's just like my illegitimate child so like no big whoop spends the summers with her she doesn't she's not even really that bothered about her dad she thinks her grandma's kind of insane and then she finds out and he's like well tough titties you have to be princess <laughs> yeah. now and she's like no <laughs> yeah and also the relationship between the father and the mother is really tense like they they, they argue a lot even though they're on the same page that she has to inherit they are not divorced parents, but might as yeah, well. Yeah, they have a bit yeah. of a spikier relationship, yeah. which they have actually a great dynamic, which I yeah. it's like yeah. it's really enjoyable. And and also the dad is like in the film, the dad is kind of a sort of an inspirational figure. You know what I mean? It's like he writes her this beautiful note, yeah. and that's how she ends up with her diary. Her father's like, I received a diary when I was sixteen, and now I give this diary to you to share your big thoughts. And like, he's her dad in the book is like he's kind of a dick and he's yeah. kind of selfish, and yeah. he's like. I'll give you a hundred bucks a day if you just do what I tell you. Yeah. And she's like, no, you can't buy me. And he's like, I'll donate it to Greenpeace. And she's like, done. <laughs> yeah. I also, the, the princess lessons are very different to you. The grandmother is also very cynical as well because um, she wants uh, Mia to debut as a princess. And then they go out to dinner and the grandmother calls all this press to, to come watch Mia go to a restaurant. The test. Question one. In a restaurant, what does one do with one's napkin when one rises to go to the powder room? I think I know this. Take it with you. Take it with you. No, no, no. No, that's a it's, joke. No, it's you have to leave. If it's a fancy restaurant, the waiter takes it. But if it's a non-fancy restaurant, you leave then it you on your chair. That's correct. <laughs> Under what circumstances is it acceptable to apply lipstick in public? Never. Never. Correct. What are the characteristics of capitalism? (laughs) (laughs) Um, Uh, I'll just give you the answer. It's private ownership of the means of production and distribution and the exchange of goods based on the operations of the market. Yes, that's what I was going to (laughs) say. Question four. What is the appropriate reply to make to a man who says he loves you? You are very kind. (laughs) That's correct. I love you too. Question five. What did Marx consider to be the contradiction in capitalism? <laughs> yeah, I'm skipping that Question one. seven. White shoes are, are unacceptable in what, under what circumstances? Um, after Labor Day, mm-hmm. at funerals. Something about correct. Memorial Day. After Labor and Day. anywhere there's horses. Yes. After Labor Day, <laughs> before Memorial Day, at funerals and anywhere there might be horses. Describe an oligarchy. Um, a small group of people that has power. Or something like that. Small group and they ex- usually corrupt? Yeah. A small group exercises control for gen- generally corrupt purposes. And last question. Describe a sidecar. It's a cocktail. <laughs> oh, it's got it's got Quantro in it. Oh, lemon? Does it have lemon bitters in it? Is it vodka? I want... Or is it gin? Okay. F- fail. No one here is a princess. <laughs> uh, for the record, uh, listeners, it is one-third lemon juice, one-third Contro, one-third brandy, shaken well with ice, brandy. strained before serving. Part of the reason I wanted to do this book is because 
these books directly inspired me to keep a diary very much in the style of the Princess Diaries. <laughs> Have you brought us an excerpt today? Oh or? <laughs> Please tell us. I, I mean, it's it's mostly extremely boring because nothing ever happened to me when I was a teenager. But I would like, I copied the whole style. I would keep my homework notes in there, things like that. I had a recurring section called What Not to Wear, where I'd describe what my teachers are wearing. <laughs> I know. That's so, so much shade. This, this is, is why I'm terrified of teenagers. <laughs> this is exactly why. But um, I found yeah. this bit where I was talking about some clothes that I brought and it was just in my mood off so much. I bought a really cool brown wool zip-up cardigan with a fur-lined <laughs> hood and an angora black. <laughs> How done. An angora black peak beret <laughs> and some pink earrings. I feel so fulfilled. <laughs> I wore it all the time what? and I thought I looked so cool. Can you please try and dig up a picture so that we can put it on social media? <laughs> oh my gosh. I will amazing. try. I will try. Casting call time, guys. Um, I think this is going to be a good opportunity to talk a little bit more about the differences from the film because as we describe the characters, how they are in the book, you'll see how wildly yeah, different, they're very different. <laughs> they went for the film. Um, so just before we get started, our rules, um, only actors please, unless they've done crossovers in the past. They have to be contemporary, so cast them as they are now, and not Julie Andrews as she was in the Princess Diaries. And lastly, no daddies. So we're going to cast Mia Thermopolis. We're also going to cast Gronmere, and we're going to cast Michael Moskowitz. And I think that's, I mean, there are some other characters yeah. that we can talk yeah. about. But, um, let's try, yeah, those are, the, those are the important ones, I think. Mia, in the book, she's 14. She's five foot nine. She's very skinny. This is a very good descriptive paragraph that I found in the book. You never saw anyone who looked less like a princess than I do. I mean, I have really bad hair that isn't curly or straight. It's sort of triangular. So I have to wear it really short or I look like a yield sign. And it isn't blonde or brunette, it's in the middle. The sort of colour they call mouse brown or dishwater blonde. Attractive, huh? And I have really big mouth and no breasts and feet that look like skis. Lily says my only attractive feature is my eyes, which are grey. That's how she's described and just instantly you see how different... She looks exactly like yeah. Anne Hathaway. I, know, yeah, I mean, yeah. that's what I thought. So I actually, like Anne Hathaway. Anne Hathaway does have a lot of those features because in Princess Diaries, like when Anne Hathaway is really young, she is tall and gangly and she has a huge mouth. And her hair, I mean, her hair is really curly in the film, but it is, it does have that kind of like triangular volume. <laughs> they just really lean into making her look kind of like a nerd. And Mia isn't a nerd, you know, she's not particularly academic or anything like that. She's just sort of like kind of awkward in the way that teenagers are. Yeah. And so I felt like they're really telegraphing with the way that they style Anne Hathaway with her glasses and that her she's sort a of Dorcas. big hairy eyebrows that she's like, oh, is it, you know, it's like nerdy Mia. And mm. for me, it's a problem that in the film, Mia really likes like rock climbing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Sort of inexplicable detail that actually works at like a rock climbing place. And does like it again, with her mum. I was like, Mia would never do that. Again, she would just, stay home and watch Star Trek. Yeah, it just, again, just really reinforces the fact that like in the, in the Disney movie, Anne Hathaway is like she's a dork and it's like she's yeah, not that's it. whereas yeah, she's a dork whereas Mia in the book is actually cool in the sense that she's really like up on pop culture mm -hmm. she's you know she's, she's like cool. she's average she's an average teenager okay so Grand Mare Grand Mare one of the great one of the great great characters <laughs> she's 
65. She's a scary French lady with a creaky old cigarette voice. <laughs> and an amazing, this is an amazing touch. She has tattooed eyeliner, which apparently she had done in like the 80s when she was going through a manic phase after the Princess Grace of Monaco died. <laughs> and she like, she smokes in bed. She drinks sidecars all day. And she dresses head to toe in purple. Because so she's, she's quite the, she's like old school aristocracy. Yeah. She also um plucks out all her eyebrows and completely draws them <laughs> yes. on. Oh my yeah. God. <laughs> and to be honest, this is the character I'm most excited to cast. She's she's a a very old school French woman. Yeah. You know what I mean? Glamour, sophistication, light alcoholism. Just and just very formidable. Yes. Like scary as hell. You know, if you wouldn't want to cross her. A very funny detail in the book is that she refuses to meet Lily because she doesn't like children. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that's Grandma. And then Michael Moskowitz. Michael Moskowitz. The Hattie. He, there's not actually many detailed descriptions of him. We know he's he's his senior, so he's 17 or 18. He has extremely well-defined stomach muscles. <laughs> and he has a really nice, clean boy smell. <laughs> Which so is that's what, and that's, that's what I'm going to be looking for. Yeah. At one point, she wonders if he has a hairy chest and whether or not she'd like that. Which I and then she think. concludes that she thinks she would. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Very cute. Is obviously going to grow into quite a hot guy, but it's still like floppy haired, flies under the radar type. Yeah, I think I think he has the physique and the sort of physical presence of a jock. I think he has the face of a nerd. Mm-hmm. And I think he has the kind of vibe of a kind of alternative sort of Yes, kind of, you know, I, yeah. He's, he's, he's got like a slight maverick vibe around about. He's a little bit. He's a little bit. He's a little bit cocky. He's yeah. a little bit like, oh, like, he knows he's man. smart. He knows he's smart. That's that's it. It's and the he's maverick not, vibe, which is totally missing in the movie. Yeah, he's oh, just a be. quiet guy. In the, in the f- yeah, in the film, Michael Moskowitz is. I think like it's like yeah, he's a bit of a maverick in the book, and also he's pretty self assured in the book. Mm. The only thing though that he isn't sure on is whether Mia likes him back, which is why it takes him so long to yeah. ask her out. But otherwise, he's he's very confident about his opinions, and yeah. And then he's just there at the dance, and oh. they have such a nice time. And I love that they he don't so talk goodness. when they dance. She, yeah, they no. don't talk. It reminds me because you're like, too busy um, feeling things. <laughs> It reminds me of when Paul Rudd goes to the dance in Clueless and like she just looks around and he's there dancing and then he goes and dances with Ty because she's on her own. So I will say that although a lot of the casting in the film is not right, there are some things that they just get perfectly. Bang on. I think Heather Matarazzo is as Lily. Is she's just Lily Moskowitz. Very good. Which is a part of the reason why we decided not to recast her because I, I, you just don't she's just the best yeah. she's one of the best characters ever yeah. i love her she's perfectly cast i didn't even want to attempt it no um and mandy moore as lana Weinberg, yeah who we haven't great. talked about but she's the kind of stock mean cheer, cheerleader character who doesn't get he's not very three-dimensional in the book but mandy moore i think is perfect she's perfect <laughs> and also sandra o as uh, oh principal the Gupta. principal yes. Yes. she's great she's as great. well she like she's great the, the side characters in the film are cast very well and actually what's really charming about the book is those side characters are just as lifelike in the book like mr g principal yeah. Gupta, lana they all exist and they're all kind of like living breathing like it's very nice to sort of step into the world and find them all there yeah, yeah. it's such a short book like there's quite a cast of characters and they and like you say they all feel real
Okay. Okay. Are we ready? Yes. So what order are we doing? I think Rach, you go first. Oh. Then <laughs> Rox and then I'll I'll bring up the rear. Oh God, I wasn't ready. Okay. So I guess we're going <laughs> to. So Mia first. We'll start with Mia. We'll start with Mia. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I have two choices, both that I think would be good, but um, I just want the record to show that neither fit the brief at all. <laughs> okay. okay, good. Um, so my first choice and probably like my main choice would be Kieran Shipka, who you will know from... Um, Sally Draper. Sally Draper from Mad Men. And she is also Sabrina in Sabrina the Teenage Witch. I just think she would be great. She's really cute. I could see her being like a little bit edgy, a little bit ditzy. I, I love her. I think she's great. She's like incredible in Mad Men. But I just feel like she's got too much like chutzpah to play me. She, I don't know. I don't know that I can buy her as being kind of shy and awkward and yeah. sort of naive in a way. I, I, I agree. I haven't seen her in Sabrina, so I'm just going off her performance in Mad Men. She doesn't give me that sort of like sort of messy vibe that Mia has. Her character in Mad Men is like very different. I know. In Sabrina, I know. she's but not like a damaged child who. Who's <laughs> <laughs> your other pick? Uh, my second pick was Lana Condor. I from, yeah. from to all the boys I loved before. I thought okay, maybe okay. I thought she might yeah. come up, that's, but again, that's more in the right direction. Yeah, she, I, yeah. she appeared on my list too. The, the character she plays into all the boys I've loved before goes on a very similar journey to Mia. Lana Condor is just so cute and charming, and she's just such a great actress. So. Plus, I think she'd be so good at that sort of just not getting it, not getting that someone liked her. Like, I think she, Again, she has she great does comic do time. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think that's a great pick. I actually had that on my list as well. So my first pick for Mia is uh, Maitreyi uh, Ramakrishnan. So she played Devi in Never Have I Ever. Oh, and she yeah. also has that very similar energy. She's a bit more sort of spunky in Never Have I Ever. But I just think she'd bring so much charm to the role. Having seen her in that show, she actually, to me, has more Lily energy. Because she's, she, I don't know, she seems like she's sort of forceful and kind of commanding and knows her yeah. own mind and be a bit sort She'll of like bossy. bossy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The yeah. second one is actually also from Never Have I Ever. My second choice is uh, Lee Rodriguez, who I think fits the brief really well. She plays Fabiola in Never oh, Have right, I Ever. Oh, right, yeah, Fabiola, yeah. Um, she's very beautiful. She's very beautiful, but she's she's also like, you can imagine her coming across as gawky because she's tall and she's, you know, sort of gangly, but... No. I think that's much I think that's much better. Okay, so we're just gonna pass it over to the expert here. <laughs> <laughs> it's not like I've been thinking about it for months. <laughs> um so I have two choices. One which I think is quite close to how she is described in the book, and one who is just my my pick. Is it Anne Hathaway? <laughs> it's not Anne Hathaway. Although I think Anne Hathaway could just about play the mum in this. <gasps> oh my gosh, what like she'd right? be great as the I mom. think she'd be a good Helen. And that would be so nice if I she know. ended up playing the mum. That'd be so sweet. Yeah. Um, so my pick who is close to how she's described in the book is Maya Hawke, who is the daughter of Ethan, Ethan Hawke Hawk and Uma Thurman. <laughs> and she recently played Robin in Stranger Things. And I think, you know, she's obviously very pretty, but she has a slightly kind of tomboyish energy. Mm -hmm. She just, I think she looks very close to how. Do you know what? Yeah, I, yeah, I, I actually totally agree with that page. because she has sort of a slightly gawky vibe as well. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I also think you could believe that grandma's makeover would completely transform her because all it would take is a nice haircut and some nice clothes. And you'd be like, oh my God, she's actually really beautiful, you know. Yeah. But I have to say that, 
in my heart of hearts I want it to be Zendaya I really I do I kind of felt like Zendaya was going to come up really I, I don't really do see like Zendaya at all I just how she is in like the Spider-Man films in her kind of like plaid shirts and her kind of hair falling in her face and she's kind of a bit like oh hey guys I can really imagine her like sitting in the plaza with her dad <laughs> And she gets the hiccups and, and he's trying to be like, do you understand what I'm saying to you, Mia? And she's just like, what? Yeah, like you're a prince. Oh, I can just so imagine Zendaya doing Ugh. that. I think Maya Hawke's my favorite. Zendaya could, I mean, we've discussed this several times before. <laughs> Zendaya can literally do anything. We so. do wheel her out, don't yeah. we? <laughs> you certainly do. <laughs> I've wheeled her out once before. She's a Zendaya stan. Maybe twice. I mean, I'll take Maya Hawke. If you guys think Maya Hawke is the one i think i honestly i honestly like i like that idea and actually the more we talk about it the more i like it do you think that this was so hard because anne hathaway is such it's just hard to kind of (laughs) you love anne hathaway so much it's actually so sweet i love you know why i love her so much too is because of these films like i love the princess diaries i know you do it's like it's probably one of my favorite films like top 10 easy i can't believe we haven't talked about nicholas (laughs) devon i hated that film it's so much. such a bad it's film such a bad film and, and that it's, I was that's so why it looks so ugly but in that it too. is a testament why. to the strength of nicholas Devereux. <laughs> that he that it's such a bad film and he carries it on his back i don't think he looks that nice in that the film. flirting in he that film very is weird. when you see him as captain kirk you're like oh my god chris pine's super hot but oh, as chris nicholas pine. Devereux, as a lover of the books i was so offended that they got rid of michael even though michael was terrible in the film so i was like where's where's my beloved michael mm-hmm. you want to do grand marinette Okay. Yeah. Oh my god, um, I'm so excited. This is my this is the one I'm most excited about. I have tons of choices for Grand Mare, all basically from the same, same yeah. film. Okay. Um, so my top choice is probably Catherine Deneuve. <laughs> I mean, I, yeah, I, I was yeah, I, I didn't want to yeah. I, I actually almost didn't want to put her down because I thought maybe you guys would too, but judging by your reactions, no. Um she's a f- very famous French actress. Um, if you Google her, you will probably recognize her face. She has been in a few um, English language films. Um, what I know her from is a film called Eight Women, um, which we used to watch oh, uh, yeah. in my high school French class absolutely constantly. So it's, it's, it's like a murder mystery. Yeah, <laughs> I think it's good. I, yeah, I can see I can see Catherine Deneuve doing it. I, She's got lots of. Does she have good comic timing? Because she does. Most she, of the stuff I've seen her in is quite serious. No, she. Yeah, she's. She's very funny. I think she could play very well like a, a sophisticated French aristocrat who's like slightly past her prime. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think she'd be good. Yeah. yeah. What's your other choices? My next choice was Fanny Ardant. Oh, Fanny Ardant. Um, yeah. Who's also in Eight Women. And she, um, you may also know her from um, Sabrina, the film with Greg Kinnear, Harrison Ford, and the woman whose name I can never remember. Oh, Julia Armand. Yeah. I think although she's meant to be 65, when you imagine her, you imagine her older. I'm a, yeah. I, I was, I'm just going to leave it there because you're, you're not going to know who they are. They're all from Eight Women. <laughs> a, great, a great film that Have everyone should watch. Have you got eight picks, Rachel? <laughs> I wrote down all eight women, yes. I went in a slightly different direction and she's... None of them are French, but um, I thought Jane Fonda, just her role oh, in Monster-in-Law, yeah. I just thought she has the real, that sort of very I, I mean, I, scary. I, I adore Jane Fonda, so sure, absolutely, you can have her. If she can do the French accent, she's there. I, I, yeah. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. I think she would be great. Yeah, She would bring so much comedy to it. And I just think Grandma sort of steals every scene she's in in the book. And I feel like Jane Fonda's that actress. She um, actually sort of, 
you could see her as Maya Hawke's grandmother as well. Yeah, mm. yeah, that's mm. true. Um, I was thinking Isabelle Huppert, who is a French actress who I would describe as being famous for being in creepy films. Oh, yeah, I know exactly who this is. I looked at her too. She's recently in like Greta and Elle. I don't like her. in the she- canon teacher. And I think she actually, her energy is too sort of dark and creepy. She, <laughs> but I, I, that was partly why I thought that would be a really, really interesting choice because she can do that kind of chilling, formidable. But yeah, it's 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 not quite right. I was then thinking about the kind of comedic angle, and I actually thought Miranda Richardson could be quite funny for grown men. Yeah, I don't mind Miranda Richardson actually. So she is probably best known for playing Queenie in Blackadder. She also played Rita Skeeter in Harry Potter. She's recently in Churchill and Good Omens. She's been in Sleepy Hollow. She's a very good comedic actress. And she's also kind of plays a really good line in kind of villains. I feel like... she can play real, really mean, unpleasant people. I feel like she would be like a really baddie grandma. Like where Jane Fonda Fonda would be like very sophisticated, very glamorous, very French. Like Miranda Richardson could be the more baddie end of this where she's Mm -hmm. like slightly past it. A little bit insane. Eccentric, yeah. yeah. And then I just write down Helen Mirren. <laughs> 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 but yeah, you, you're, uh, I think Jane Fonda is the winner there. Oh, yeah. yes. Yeah. yeah. Jane okay. Fonda takes the crown for sure. I was thinking about Michael Moskowitz. So I have like a really hot pick, but I also have what I think is more accurate mm-hmm. because I don't think the casting of the original Michael, Mo- like of the Anne Hathaway film, Michael Moskowitz, is that bad. The characterization is bad, but his like, look I think was about right Mia finds him hot when she sees him shirtless like she realizes like and it's like I feel like he's going to grow into somebody who could be really attractive but actually he's flying completely under the radar at school this sounds like shade actually (laughs) like are you gonna shade this actor no I'm not shading this actor at all but I'm just I I just knew if I said his name first you'd be like no not hot enough (laughs) um the actor I'm thinking of is Nat Wolf um who you will probably know from Jumanji um And I just think he would just be great. He's funny and charming. He's cute. I I think that's a great You could make him hotter. I could see him being in the computer club. I could see him being like a little bit offbeat. He's got a slight maverick energy. I just think he would be an absolutely brilliant Michael Moskowitz and actually would look really great opposite Maya Hawke. I love that. I think that's a really good I think that's really, really good. Choice, good. Yeah. Thank you. That yeah. is honestly so good because he's really cute. Um, but he has charisma. Yeah. I really I really like that. And but he he is the sort of romantic lead in, in Jumanji for yeah. the very and, short And portions. he in Jumanji that uh, he is kind of a Michael Moskowitz. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Yeah. No, that's great. Um mine just aren't good picks. They really wow. aren't. I I just found it difficult. Like even though okay, so my my hot pick and you know he could absolutely do it because he's great and i love him but i don't know if he's great for this role is um obviously noah centineo oh i knew you yeah. were gonna wheel all him the out. boys he's, he's on the bench he's yeah. on my bench yeah. oh, God. <laughs> both of you just yeah. get over it but he's he is not... but he is that sort of like he's very cute and you know no if you... he's not smart enough <laughs> <laughs> he's just not noah centineo is he plays a lovable doofus, yes. and that is what he truly is in real life. He yeah. skews towards sweet jock rather than kind of. He's a big dumb, smart alecky yeah. academic yeah. kind of. Well, then my other options were um, Joe Keery from Stranger Things. Yeah, 
I thought he would. I briefly had him on my list. Yeah. <laughs> Um, just because he's he's cute, but again, oh, no. he's not. That <laughs> wolf takes the lead. I also found this hard. Um, one of my choices was an, a Canadian actor. Tell me more. <laughs> he's called Daniel Daniel Doheny or Daniel Doheny, and I've only seen him in one thing. It's called The Package. It's a very very stupid film on Netflix, and it's a kind of. But I just think he was very sweet and charming and funny in it and I think as with Nat Wolf he kind of has that mm-hmm. yeah. he has a similar look and vibe and a similar look and vibe to the Ma- Michael in the film except that he is funny and charming I mean I think his face is too small <laughs> <laughs> at first glance I mean that's I think, a small face <laughs> he's a do you know who he really gives me vibes of is Justin Long Yes. 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 And Justin Long, I think, has what we're looking for. Yeah, he he's, does. He's too old. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I see I see the reasoning. I don't I quite like that. The thing you, with Justin I think Long, you'd have to see him in something to I feel see like Justin Long kinda has like a bit of an arrogant vibe about him though. That shouldn't be yeah, present but so, for Michael Moss. I don't know. No, Mike not, totally has an he's arrogant, arrogant vibe. Yeah. He's cocky. <laughs> he's arrogant. He is. <laughs> okay. Well, fine, Justin Long can do it. He can play <laughs> the he can play the adult Michael Moss. <laughs> <laughs> All right, my other pick, which also isn't quite right, but I just really like this actor. He's called Justice Smith. He was in Jurassic World, Fallen Kingdom. He was in All the Bright Places. I've seen him in Detective Pikachu. Very charming film, by the way. <laughs> yeah, and he's, he's just, got Mike vibes. He's got more Mike vibes. He's like yeah. really sweet. He's probably a bit too sweet for Michael because I think Michael has a slightly a slight he, edge to him. Do you know who he could be? Boris. No, he can't be Boris. Actually, do you know what? Boris really comes into his own. (laughs) He could absolutely be Boris. Once he untucks that jumper. Yeah. But Um, I I just... Like, I could see him as a hopelessly dorky violinist that just suddenly blossoms into a man. (laughs) Do you know what, though? I actually actually think we have a pretty solid cast. If we go Maya Hawke, Jane Fonza and Nat Wolfe... This is the yeah, first time ever we've actually just f- had a short list, like I think an maybe. actual short list. I think maybe. Do you know who? Uh, okay, so I I cast Philippe, and do you know who I think would be a good Philippe? Who? Who? Billy Zane. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> is that not just perfect? I just feel like, especially when they're describing him as like a sort of European looking and like young with a full head of hair, and now he's like, you know. Bold How old like, is Billy Zane now, though? Oh, he's in. He's, but that, he, I, I don't think that matters. But yeah. I think he's in his fifties, sixties. I think he's. A I love Billy Zane. Actually, he's very funny. I love Billy Zane too. I just thought, you know, what? let's bring Billy Zane back into the zeitgeist. There's like a you have to cast him as he, he is like, now. He does yeah. have slightly insane energy, though. Billy <laughs> Zane. Hey, someone, someone having an illegitimate child and sleeping around with models, and then being like, oh, by the way, now you have to be a princess. That's Doesn't not have... insane. That's just being that's just a, a rich normal man. man. <laughs> Unbelievable. Well, <sighs> thanks for joining us, guys. This this went quite well. Yeah, I think this went very well. It did go very well. Rent eight women. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>